Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing a series that I started this last Monday, and this is a pre-recorded teaching that I did about biblical worldview. And the reason I'm playing this pre-recorded material is because I'm not only teaching from Scripture, but I'm also bringing in quotes. I'm bringing in statistics. We're doing a lot of things, and my television department has just done a great job illustrating this. And I believe, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And so anyway, we recorded this. This has been years in the making, and I am so excited to be sharing this with you. I believe it is going to change people's lives. So watch this teaching today on a biblical worldview, and I'll come on at the end of the program today. So again, I'm saying that Satan comes in these subtle ways, and sometimes he'll say, well, we're just supposed to be tolerant towards everybody. That's one of the things that, you know, the homosexual community teaches, that we need to be tolerant, and yet they are completely intolerant. They are demanding obedience. They are demanding that everybody validates their lifestyle. They're trying to push it on our children. They're teaching it in our grade schools and forcing these things, and they are completely intolerant. If you don't stand up and say exactly what they want you to say, they will come out against you. You know, I went to Plymouth, England, and I held a meeting in a government building there. It was like a city hall or something, and the homosexual community uh, picketed and tried to get them to block me coming because they did not want me preaching the gospel. They said I was not tolerant of homosexuality. And anyway, the government allowed me to go ahead and have my meetings, but the homosexuals were there picketing the meeting, and the BBC came, and they wanted an interview with me, and I turned it down because I knew that they weren't going to give me an honest interview, and it wouldn't be a fair thing. I've just learned a long time ago to not uh, give them any opportunity to twist my words. So as I was walking into the building, BBC came and put a camera, I mean a big old camera, this close to my face, and they said, You're intolerant. You do not promote homosexuality. You are intolerant towards them. The Bible preaches tolerant. Why aren't you tolerant? And I just told this guy, I said, the Bible does not teach tolerance. And he, it just stopped him. His whole spiel, (laughs) he wasn't able to give it. And he says, what do you mean? It does teach tolerance. I said, no, it doesn't. It says that you're supposed to love people. And then I gave that example about me loving people enough to jump out in front of a car and try and stop them from hitting this horse in this car around the corner. I said, it's the, it's love to tell a person the truth. I said, the Bible does not teach tolerance. I said, the same one who said, turn the other cheek, made a whip and went in and beat the money changers and kicked them out. And he told people that you are a generation of vipers and your snakes and your whited sepulchers. I said, the same one who's talked about loving others as you love yourself did all of those things. Man, listen to this. Paul called out those who perverted the gospel in Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, and he says, If anybody preaches another gospel unto you than that which I have preached, let him be accursed. 
That was such a strong statement that I'm sure some people thought he couldn't mean what he said. So in the next verse, he says, Again, I say unto you, if any man, even an angel from God, preaches any other gospel unto you than that which I have preached, let him be accursed. Now that's not being tolerant, and yet that's biblical. I tell you, people have taken little snippets here and there and have misinterpreted them and misapplied them. Paul called the prophets in uh, Crete evil beast and slow bellies in Titus chapter 1, verse 12. Look at this. Paul turned people over to the devil for the destruction of their flesh in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, a man who had committed incest. And he did the same thing with two other guys in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20. Our politically correct culture today would crucify Paul, and yet that is the biblical way. Now, again, you speak the truth in love. I'm not saying that you use truth like a club and go out and try and hurt people, but if you do it with a heart of love, there is a place to confront and for tough love and to tell people the truth. Peter and Jude both referred to people as beasts, openly criticized their doctrine. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 12 says, But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. That is politically incorrect to call a person a beast. In Jude chapter 1, verse 10, it says, But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beast, in those things they corrupt themselves. You know, I remember when President Trump called the MS-13 gang members animals. And I mean, they just... People were just screaming, This is terrible! You can't do this! Peter called them brute beasts. Jude called them uh, brute beasts. Look at what Jesus said. He called Herod a fox. In Luke chapter 13, verse 32, he says, You go tell that old fox, Herod. And he gave a message to him. He called the scribes and lawyers and Pharisees hypocrites uh, five or six different times in Matthew chapter 23. He called them whited sepulchers. In other words, he says, You're painted on the outside to look good, but inside you're full of dead man's bones. He called them fools in Matthew chapter 23, verses 17 and 19. He called them blind guides, Matthew chapter 23, 16, 17, 24, and 26. Four times he called them blind guides. He called them serpents and a generation of vipers, Matthew chapter 23, verse 33. This is what the Bible says. Now, the Bible does not promote us just going out and blasting people and saying terrible things, but it does promote us telling people the truth if the motivation in our heart is to help them, not to hurt them. You know, the Bible said, Jesus said this, "'Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God.'" There's a difference between being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Most people interpret this, blessed are the peacekeepers, but that's not so. Peacemakers. Did you know sometimes war is the best way to make peace? There was no way to make peace with Hitler and with Mussolini and with the Japanese in World War II. There was no way to make peace. We had to fight a war. If we would have all been just tree huggers and saying, you know, peace and stuff, we would all be speaking Japanese or German today. We would have lost that war. Matter of fact, George Washington said this. He says, To be prepared for war is one of the most effective means of preserving peace. I'm saying all of these things because what I'm doing is countering 
the ungodly worldview that even a lot of Christians had. You remember I was making this point that the most deadly, because it's the most deceptive form of opposition that we face, are the good people, where Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light, and they are proclaiming to be the ones who are speaking peace and things like this. But it's not God's kind of peace. I'm showing you through all of these people, Peter, Peter, Paul, Jude, Jesus, that they call people evil beasts, slow bellies, hypocrites, blind, serpents, whited sepulchers. You go tell Herod, that fox, these things. It is, it's good to tell a person the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John chapter 8, verse 32, and it's only the truth that you know that sets you free. MATTHEW CHAPTER 5, VERSE 13 AND 14 SAYS, YOU ARE THE SALT OF THE EARTH, BUT IF THE SALT HAS LOST ITS SAVOR, WHEREWITH SHALL IT BE SALTED? IT IS THENCEFORTH GOOD FOR NOTHING BUT TO BE CAST OUT AND TO BE TRODDEN UNDER FOOT OF MAN. YOU ARE THE LIGHT OF THE WORLD. A CITY THAT IS SET ON A HILL CANNOT BE HID. WE ARE THE SALT, THE PRESERVING INFLUENCE. WE ARE THE LIGHT SO THAT GOD'S WORD IS A LAMP UNTO MY FEET AND A LIGHT UNTO MY PATH. IF WE DON'T SHINE THE LIGHT, IF WE DON'T PUT FORTH THE PRESERVING INFLUENCE OF THE GOSPEL, THEN THERE IS NO OTHER HOPE. SATAN ISN'T GOING TO DO IT. PEOPLE DON'T DO IT ON THEIR OWN. THE GOSPEL, THE TRUE GOSPEL, THE TRUTH OF GOD'S WORD, A BIBLICAL PERSPECTIVE IS ONLY GOING TO COME FROM THE CHURCH. AND SAD TO SAY THAT THE CHURCH HAS BEEN BASICALLY SILENCED AND HAS RETREATED WITHIN THE FOUR WALLS OF ITS uh, BUILDINGS, AND IT IS NOT MAKING A DIFFERENCE. YOU KNOW, THE WORD PROACTIVE IS A WORD THAT WE NEED TO BE, AND THAT WORD MEANS CREATING OR CONTROLLING A SITUATION BY CAUSING SOMETHING TO HAPPEN RATHER THAN RESPONDING TO IT AFTER IT HAS HAPPENED. THE CHURCH HAS NOT BEEN PROACTIVE. RIGHT NOW, I REALLY BELIEVE THAT THERE IS A REVIVAL BEGINNING. AND I COULD SPEND AN HOUR PROBABLY TRYING TO VERIFY THAT BECAUSE SOME PEOPLE JUST LOOK AT HOW BAD THINGS ARE AND THEY, they CAN'T SEE ANY REVIVAL AT ALL. BUT I SEE PEOPLE, CHRISTIANS, WAKING UP, BEGINNING TO MAKE A DIFFERENCE. AND I BELIEVE THAT WE ARE IN THE FIRST STAGES OF A REVIVAL. BUT, SAD TO SAY, IT IS REACTIONARY. IT'S AFTER SO MANY TERRIBLE THINGS HAVE HAPPENED. AND WE SHOULD HAVE BEEN PROACTIVE. WE SHOULD HAVE BEEN CAUSING SOMETHING TO HAPPEN RATHER THAN TO RESPOND TO IT AFTER IT HAS HAPPENED. AND SO WE NEED TO STAND UP. WE ARE THE CHURCH. THE LORD TOLD PETER, HE SAYS, THOU ART PETER. UPON THIS ROCK I WILL BUILD MY CHURCH, AND THE GATES OF HELL SHALL NOT PREVAIL AGAINST IT. THAT'S NOT TALKING ABOUT A DEFENSIVE BATTLE WHERE YOU ARE RETREATING TO YOUR GATES AND YOU'RE HOLDING ON. NO, THIS IS TALKING ABOUT THAT THE ENEMY, THE GATES OF HELL WILL NOT PREVAIL AGAINST US. THE CHURCH IS SUPPOSED TO BE AGGRESSIVE. WE ARE SUPPOSED TO BE OUT THERE IN THE MARKETPLACE MAKING A DIFFERENCE, AND THAT'S WHAT I WANT TO DO WITH THIS TEACHING ON A BIBLICAL uh, WORLDVIEW. YOU KNOW, LET ME ILLUSTRATE SOMETHING THAT JUST HAPPENED RECENTLY ABOUT THE WEDDING OF PRINCE HARRY AND MEGHAN MARKLE, AND THIS WILL ILLUSTRATE HOW THAT WE DO NOT HAVE A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. DID YOU KNOW BACK IN 1936, KING EDWARD VIII TOOK THE THRONE FROM HIS FATHER, KING GEORGE V, BUT EDWARD ONLY RULED FOR ONE YEAR. AND YOU KNOW WHY? BECAUSE HE SAID HE FELL IN LOVE WITH AN AMERICAN DIVORCEE NAMED WALLACE SIMPSON, 
AND IT WAS SUCH A TABOO TO MARRY A DIVORCED PERSON THAT HE COULD NOT KEEP THE THRONE. HE COULD NOT CONTINUE TO BE THE KING OF ENGLAND AND MARRY A DIVORCED WOMAN. AND SO, ON DECEMBER THE 11TH, 1936, HE ADVOCATED THE THRONE SO THAT HE COULD MARRY WALLACE SIMPSON. NOW, COMPARE THAT WITH PRINCE HARRY AND MEGHAN MARKLE. MEGHAN MARKLE IS DIVORCED. AND I DON'T KNOW THE REASON WHY SHE WAS DIVORCED. I'M NOT AGAINST THEM. I DON'T HATE THESE PEOPLE. I WISH THEM WELL. I HOPE THAT THIS MARRIAGE WORKS. I HOPE IT'S LIKE THEY SAID IN THEIR WEDDING VOWS THAT IT WILL BE UNTIL DEATH DO WE PART. BUT I'M SAYING, I'M USING THIS TO ILLUSTRATE THAT BACK IN 1936, THE KING HAD TO ADVOCATE THE THRONE TO MARRY A DIVORCEE. BUT IN 2018, IT WASN'T EVEN A FACTOR. NOBODY EVEN THOUGHT ABOUT IT. I'M NOT SAYING THAT A DIVORCED PERSON CAN'T REMARRY. I DON'T EVEN KNOW THE SITUATION OF MEGHAN MARKLE'S uh, uh, SITUATION, BUT I AM USING THIS TO ILLUSTRATE. SEE HOW THAT THE WORLD VIEW HAS CHANGED? AND THINK OF THIS, THAT THERE WERE CHRISTIANS ALL AROUND THE WORLD WHO LOOKED AT THIS AS A STORYBOOK WEDDING. I SAW CHRISTIANS INTERVIEWED THAT WERE JUST IN AWE AND TALKING ABOUT, OH, IT WAS LIKE A STORYBOOK WEDDING. IT WAS SO ROMANTIC. IT WAS SO BEAUTIFUL. HERE'S THE PRINCE AND THE PRINCESS THAT ARE MARRYING. AND YET, MEGHAN MARKLE AND PRINCE HARRY LIVE TOGETHER UNMARRIED. YOU KNOW WHAT THIS DOES? IT SAYS TO OUR YOUNG PEOPLE THAT JUST SHACKING UP WITH THE PERSON IS OKAY, THAT BECAUSE THEY'RE A PRINCE AND BECAUSE THEY'RE BEAUTIFUL PEOPLE AND BECAUSE THEY HAD ALL OF THESE EXPENSIVE THINGS GOING ON THAT IT'S OKAY. It's, a, IT'S AN UNBIBLICAL THING. AND AGAIN, I'M NOT AGAINST THEM. I HOPE THAT THEIR MARRIAGE WORKS OUT, BUT I'M SAYING IT'S UNBIBLICAL. THIS IS NOT THE WAY IT'S SUPPOSED TO BE DONE. AND CHRISTIANS WHO WERE SITTING THERE WATCHING THIS AND ENJOYING IT AND HAVING THEIR YOUNG CHILDREN SIT WITH THEM AND, and PLANTING SEEDS IN THEIR CHILD, THAT ISN'T THIS THE KIND OF LIFE THAT YOU WOULD LIKE TO HAVE? YOU KNOW WHAT? YOU HAVE JUST ALLOWED THE DEVIL TO TRANSFORM HIMSELF INTO AN ANGEL OF LIGHT AND COME IN AND ATTACK BIBLICAL PRINCIPLES. YOU KNOW, AGAIN, I HOPE THAT THE MARRIAGE WORKS OUT. I HOPE THAT THINGS WORK FOR HIM. BUT YOU CAN GO BACK TO PRINCESS DIANA, AND WHEN SHE GOT MARRIED, THAT MAN, THAT WAS WATCHED AND EVERYBODY DID THE SAME THING, AND THAT MARRIAGE DIDN'T LAST BECAUSE IT WASN'T A GODLY THING. IT WASN'T BASED ON SCRIPTURAL PRINCIPLES. AND uh, WE JUST NEED TO HAVE A BIBLICAL PERSPECTIVE. I HOPE THAT IT WORKS, BUT uh, THE CHANCES ARE THAT IT WON'T. THAT IS NOT GOD'S WAY OF DOING THINGS. BETWEEN 2006 AND 2010, THE U.S. CENTERS FOR DISEASE CONTROL AND PREVENTION STATED THAT 48% OF HETEROSEXUAL WOMEN AGES 15 TO 44 SAID THEY WERE NOT MARRIED TO THEIR SPOUSE OR PARTNER WHEN THEY FIRST LIVED WITH THEM. SO THAT WAS 48% IN 2006 TO 2010. BUT IN 2002, THERE WAS ONLY 34% THAT WERE LIVING WITH EACH OTHER. THAT'S STILL TERRIBLE. THAT'S BAD. BUT LOOK HOW IT'S GONE. IT HAS INCREASED 14% IN JUST A FEW YEARS. WE ARE MOVING IN THE WRONG DIRECTION. AND YOU KNOW WHY? BECAUSE OF EMBRACING THINGS, JUST BECAUSE IT WAS BEAUTIFUL, JUST BECAUSE IT WAS IN WINDSOR CASTLE, JUST BECAUSE OF ALL OF THESE KIND OF THINGS. WE LET THE BIBLE GO TO THE SIDE, AND WHO CARES WHAT THE BIBLE SAYS? THIS WAS JUST BEAUTIFUL. THESE ARE BEAUTIFUL PEOPLE. THAT'S THE WRONG ATTITUDE, AND IT'S PROMOTING A WRONG WORLD VIEW. AND I CAN GUARANTEE YOU, THERE ARE MILLIONS OF YOUNG KIDS 
THAT SAW THAT, AND THEY WILL BE MORE IMPRESSED. THAT WILL MAKE A BIGGER IMPRINT ON THEM THAN WHAT THE WORD OF GOD HAS TO SAY. WE NEED TO BE TEACHING A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. AND SO THE ONLY HOPE THAT WE HAVE IS TO RETURN TO THE WORD OF GOD. YOU KNOW, MY LAST EXAMPLE IN THIS SECTION IS JUST TO TALK ABOUT THE CONFIRMATION HERE THAT THEY HAD RECENTLY FOR JUDGE Kavanaugh. AND THE LIBERALS IN CONGRESS AND THE SENATE SAID BEFORE THEY EVER INTERVIEWED HIM, BEFORE THERE WAS ANY ACCUSATIONS THAT CAME AGAINST HIM, BEFORE ANYTHING WAS DONE, THEY CAME OUT AND THEY SAID, WE WILL DO WHATEVER IT TAKES TO BLOCK THIS CONFIRMATION. AND I MEAN, THEY FOUGHT AGAINST HIM BEFORE THEY HAD HEARD A SINGLE ACCUSATION. AND NANCY PELOSI, <coughs> SHE'S THE ONE THAT BROUGHT FORTH THIS DR. FORD AND uh, BROUGHT THIS ACCUSATION OF BRETT Kavanaugh HAVING SEXUALLY ASSAULTED HER uh, 35 YEARS BEFORE. <coughs> AND EVEN IF THAT WAS TRUE, WHICH I DO NOT BELIEVE IT WAS, BUT EVEN IF IT WAS TRUE, SHE, BY HER OWN ADMISSION, HELD THAT FOR, I THINK IT WAS SEVEN WEEKS OR MORE OR SOMETHING. SHE WAITED UNTIL NEARLY THE LAST MINUTE BECAUSE OF THE POLITICAL ADVANTAGE THAT IT WAS BRINGING. AND AGAIN, IT WASN'T HONEST. IT WASN'T EVEN-HANDED. HERE IS WHAT THE BIBLE SAYS ABOUT HOW YOU SHOULD HANDLE AN ACCUSATION AGAINST A PERSON. LOOK AT THIS. IN DEUTERONOMY 19:15. ONE WITNESS SHALL NOT RISE UP AGAINST A MAN FOR ANY INIQUITY OR FOR ANY SIN IN ANY SIN THAT HE SINNETH. AT THE MOUTH OF TWO WITNESSES OR AT THE MOUTH OF THREE WITNESSES SHALL THE MATTER BE ESTABLISHED. JESUS QUOTED THIS AND SAID THAT YOU HAVE TO CONFIRM EVERYTHING IN THE MOUTH OF TWO OR THREE WITNESSES. PAUL QUOTED FROM THIS. THIS IS ONE OF THE SCRIPTURES THAT OUR NATION USED TO ESTABLISH OUR JUDICIAL SYSTEM, THAT BASICALLY YOU HAD TO HAVE EVIDENCE. THEY MAY NOT HAVE QUOTED THIS VERSE, BUT THIS IS THE FOUNDATION OF IT, THAT A MAN IS INNOCENT UNTIL PROVEN GUILTY. AN ACCUSATION COULD NOT CAUSE A PERSON TO BE PROSECUTED. AND LET'S GO ON AND READ. IT SAYS HERE IN VERSE 16, IF A FALSE WITNESS RISE UP AGAINST ANY MAN TO TESTIFY AGAINST HIM THAT WHICH IS WRONG, THEN BOTH THE MAN BETWEEN WHOM THE CONTROVERSY IS SHALL STAND BEFORE THE LORD, BEFORE THE PRIEST AND THE JUDGES, WHICH SHALL BE IN THOSE DAYS, AND THE JUDGES SHALL MAKE DILIGENT INQUISITION. AND BEHOLD, IF THE WITNESS BE A FALSE WITNESS AND HATH TESTIFIED FALSELY AGAINST HIS BROTHER, THEN SHALL YE DO UNTO HIM AS HE HAD THOUGHT TO HAVE DONE UNTO HIS BROTHER, SO SHALT THOU PUT EVIL AWAY FROM AMONG YOU, AND THOSE THAT REMAIN SHALL HEAR AND FEAR, AND SHALL HENCEFORTH COMMIT NO MORE SUCH EVIL AMONG YOU. THINE EYES SHALL NOT PITY, BUT LIFE SHALL GO FOR LIFE, EYE FOR EYE, TOOTH FOR TOOTH, HAND FOR HAND, FOOT FOR FOOT. THIS IS THE SCRIPTURAL, BIBLICAL WAY TO DEAL WITH THAT. BUT AGAIN, THESE DEMOCRATS, THE LIBERALS THAT WERE IN THE SENATE SAID THAT WE ARE OPPOSED TO Kavanaugh BEFORE WE HAVE ANY EVIDENCE, BEFORE WE HAVE ANY TESTIMONY. THEY HAD ALREADY CONDEMNED HIM TO BE GUILTY. HE WAS GUILTY UNTIL PROVEN INNOCENT. YOU KNOW, THERE WERE MULTIPLE PEOPLE THAT CAME OUT AND ACCUSED HIM, AND I FORGET HOW MANY NOW. THERE WAS AT LEAST THREE OR FOUR, AND TWO OR THREE OF THOSE HAS NOW RECOUNTED THEIR THING AND ADMITTED THAT THEY WERE TOTALLY LYING. AND EVEN THIS DR. FORD AND THE PEOPLE THAT SHE QUOTED TO VERIFY HER uh, TESTIMONY, THEY ALL DISCREDITED HER AND SAID, NO, WE DON'T REMEMBER ANY OF THIS, AND NO, WE DON'T HAVE ANY WAY TO COLLABORATE THIS. AND ACCORDING TO THESE PASSAGES OF SCRIPTURE, IF WE HAD A BIBLICAL WAY OF DOING THINGS IN THIS NATION, WHICH THAT'S HOW THIS NATION STARTED, AND IF WE WERE STILL FOLLOWING THAT uh, PATTERN TODAY, DID YOU KNOW THAT IF A FALSE WITNESS COMES UP AND THEY CANNOT PROVE WHAT THEY'RE SAYING, THEN IT SAYS YOU DO TO THEM WHAT THEY THOUGHT 
TO HAVE DONE TO THE PERSON THEY WERE TESTIFYING AGAINST. THAT WOULD MEAN THAT ALL OF THESE LIBERALS ON THE SENATE WHO WERE TRYING TO RAILROAD Kavanaugh AND COME AGAINST HIM AND HELD THE INFORMATION TILL THE LAST MINUTE, IT WAS TOTALLY WRONG, THEIR WHOLE THING. I AGREE WITH THE REPUBLICAN SENATOR THAT STOOD UP AND SAID THAT THIS WAS A FIASCO AND, MAN, HE GOT MAD. I THINK THAT WAS ONE OF THE GREATEST uh, SPEECHES THAT I'VE HEARD. AND IT WAS JUST MEAN-SPIRITED. THERE WAS NOTHING EVEN-HANDED ABOUT IT. THEY WEREN'T SEEKING FOR JUSTICE. IF YOU WERE TO FOLLOW THE INSTRUCTIONS OF DEUTERONOMY CHAPTER 19, THEN THAT MEANS THAT EVERY ONE OF THOSE SENATORS WHO TRIED TO HAVE Kavanaugh KICKED OUT OF THE SENATE, THEY SHOULD LOSE THEIR SEAT IN THE SENATE. THAT IS A BIBLICAL WAY OF DOING IT. I KNOW THAT I AM NOT POLITICALLY CORRECT, BUT I CAN GUARANTEE YOU THAT IS WHAT THE BIBLE TEACHES, AND WE HAVE DEPARTED FROM IT, AND BECAUSE WE'VE DEPARTED FROM IT, AND WE HAVE SO MANY FLOWER POWER PEOPLE NOW, THE PEOPLE THAT REBELLED IN THE 60s AND 70s, THEY'RE THE ONES THAT ARE RUNNING OUR GOVERNMENT, THE ONES THAT WERE INTO FREE LOVE AND THAT THREW OFF ALL OF THE BIBLICAL STANDARDS AND STUFF LIKE THIS. THESE ARE THE PEOPLE THAT ARE NOW IN OUR CONGRESS, AND BECAUSE OF IT, MAN, WE HAVE LOST CIVILITY, WE HAVE LOST SO MUCH IN OUR NATION. IT IS HEADED IN THE WRONG DIRECTION, AND THE ONLY HOPE FOR US IS TO RETURN BACK TO THE BIBLE AND WHAT THE BIBLE HAS TO SAY. IT HAS NOT ONLY INSTRUCTIONS ABOUT YOUR PERSONAL LIFE AND YOUR PERSONAL RELATIONSHIP WITH THE LORD, BUT IT HAS INSTRUCTIONS ABOUT HOW YOU RELATE TO YOUR BROTHER AND SISTER, HOW WE RELATE TO EACH OTHER. IT HAS INSTRUCTIONS ABOUT GOVERNMENT, AND THERE IS SOMETHING IN THE WORD OF GOD TO DEAL WITH ANY ISSUE THAT YOU'RE DEALING WITH. WE NEED TO GO BACK TO A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. SO PRAISE GOD. THIS KIND OF uh, IS THE END OF MY INTRODUCTION ABOUT how, a, HOW IMPORTANT A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW IS. AND ON TOMORROW'S PROGRAM AND THEN NEXT WEEK, WE'RE GOING TO START GETTING INTO SOME OF THE ACTUAL DETAILS. BUT IT'S SO IMPORTANT, YOU KNOW, UNLESS PEOPLE UNDERSTAND WHY IT IS THAT PEOPLE'S FAITH IS FAILING, IT'S BECAUSE THEY DON'T HAVE A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. THEY DON'T HAVE THE FOUNDATIONS. THIS TEACHING IS ESSENTIAL. IT'S BRAND NEW PRODUCT. I BELIEVE IT WILL BLESS YOU, AND NOT ONLY BLESS YOU, IT'LL EQUIP YOU. SO PLEASE LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER AND TAKE ADVANTAGE OF THIS BRAND NEW MATERIAL WE HAVE ON A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. TODAY, ANDREW'S PLEASED TO OFFER HIS HIGHLY ANTICIPATED SERIES, BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW, FOUNDATIONAL TRUTHS. IN THIS SERIES, ANDREW OUTLINES THE IMPORTANCE FOR EVERY CHRISTIAN BELIEVER TO HAVE A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. I AM REALLY EXCITED ABOUT THIS BRAND NEW PRODUCT THAT WE HAVE ENTITLED BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW FOUNDATION TRUTHS. THIS HAS BEEN YEARS IN THE MAKING AND IT'S DIFFERENT THAN JUST MY TYPICAL TEACHING IN THE SENSE THAT WE HAVE GRAPHS, CHARTS, QUOTES, ALL KINDS OF VISUALS TO SUPPLEMENT THIS. AND I TELL YOU, MY uh, MEDIA DEPARTMENT JUST DID A GREAT JOB. I THINK THAT THIS IS ONE OF THE MOST IMPORTANT THINGS I'VE EVER TAUGHT. EACH OF THE 12 LESSONS IN THIS SERIES INCLUDE A VIDEO, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF wrapped in a single box set containing a workbook, audio USB, and a personal access code to the online videos. Each lesson is full of supporting facts, quotes, charts, and historic visuals. Through the online platform, you'll have lifetime access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. Biblical Worldview Foundational Truths is available for only $120.
Go to awmi.net to order this valuable resource today for you or someone you love. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on September the 24th through the 26th for our Identity in Christ Conference. I'm gonna have Pastor Dwayne Sheriff with me. He's one of my great friends. He's on my board of directors. He is one of the most powerful ministers that I know. And both of us, it is this truth about who we are in Christ, a revelation of what I call spirit, soul, and body that has changed our lives. And we are just gonna take both of our teachings, both of our revelations, what God has done in our life, and just pour it into you for these three days. Remember, it's September the 24th through the 26th at our Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, our Identity in Christ Conference. Karis, an accredited Bible college in the beautiful town of Woodland Park, has been changing people's lives for over 25 years. The people here are so like-minded. They want to help you grow. These are people who genuinely care about you. They want the best for you. Be prepared to be blown away with the teachings. It's not just a season in your life. There's no way you can't change. You can't really go wrong going to a place that you get to sit and listen to the Word for four hours a day. Being under the Word that much just allowed God to pour so much into me. If you feel supernatural peace about coming to Karis, that's God. I know you're like, how, when, where, all these questions, just do it. The Lord will provide. I was doubting and second-guessing it, but when I took that step of faith, immediately, like, things were provided. Just being around like-minded believers, teachers who are there for you and ready to talk to you at any moment and answer your questions, there's just nothing like it. Just follow the leading of the one that you serve, and that's always going to be the right direction to go. Go to karisbiblecollege.org to register today. I want to encourage you to check out a program on Gospel Truth TV with Tony Dungy and James Brown. They're both at the top of their game. Tony is an award-winning, Super Bowl-winning coach. Uh, James Brown is uh, at the top of his game announcing sports things. I mean, they are awesome men. They do an interview on Beyond the Game with JB and Tony is what we've entitled it. And they interview these sports figures and share things with you that usually get cut out on the secular networks. These sports figures are gonna share their heart with you about their relationship with the Lord. And I tell you, it'll be a blessing. So check it out, 9.30 a.m., 9.30 p.m., twice a day on Sundays on gospeltruth.tv. Do you wanna connect with like-minded believers? Do you want to go deeper in God's Word through the teachings of Andrew Womack? Then Karis Bible Studies is the place for you. The leaders are Karis alumni with a solid foundation in the Word of God. Karis Bible Studies are connecting believers with the Word of God in your neighborhood. Find a Bible study near you by visiting karisbiblestudies.net. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily live Bible study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school 
and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study, five days a week. Ready to get more out of God's Word than ever before? We gladly announce the Andrew Womack Living Commentary. This continuously updated Living Commentary is now available exclusively as a download for both Mac and Windows at awmi.net. I wanted to let you know that we have now teamed up with a ministry called I Donate so that we can receive cars and boats and stocks and jewelry. We have only done this a very short period of time and already we've had tens of thousands of dollars worth of things donated. People, you know, that don't have cash, but they have something that they want to donate. So if you're interested in that, you can follow the information on the screen and participate. And we would love to help you give these assets to the ministry.